Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And today I'm going to be sharing the word of God. And my title today, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. So, Kisha from this topic, Shetilin Kremiler go Govala Psalm 23. So, yes, Kitovala Psalm 23. That's what I'm going to start with. So, I'm going to read the whole chapter and then we're going to pray before we get into the word of God. Amen. Um, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yeah, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before your holy throne. We thank you for your goodness. Heavenly Father, as we are about to digest your word, Heavenly Father, we invite you. Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every one of us here today that may you soften our hearts, that we will hear your word, Heavenly Father. May your spirit bless us with understanding and knowledge, Mudime, and as we hear this word, Mudime, may it change our hearts, my God. Father, we give you our hearts and we present ourselves, Father, that we may be used by you, my God. I pray and I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so this psalm, Psalm 23, was written by King David. Um, King David who who himself was a shepherd. Uh, so if there's anyone who has experience with the relationship between a shepherd and sheep, it would be David because he himself was a shepherd, right? Uh, in First Samuel chapter 17, um, he describes, this is when he was going to fight um, Goliath. And he describes how he as a shepherd um, went and, 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 as he was attending his, his father's sheep, he had to fight against um, wild animals and he had to protect these sheep against um, all these wild animals, right? And David goes on to say that God, the God who has delivered him um, from those wild animals will surely deliver him from this Philistine. Amen. So I'm just giving this background to show you where we can trust what David, David knows what he's talking about in the psalm because he himself was a shepherd and I think he also experienced being a sheep to God, right? And so um, a description of what a shepherd is and I found a, a description in, in one of the Bible dictionaries and it says, in early morning, he led the flock from the fold, marching at, it, at, at its head, 
to the spot where they were to be pastured. Here he watched them all day, taking care that none of the sheep strayed. And if any, and if any, for a time eluded his watch and wandered away from the rest, seeking diligently till he found and brought it back. In those lands, sheep required to be supplied regularly with water, and the shepherd for this purpose has to guide them either to some running stream or to wells dug in the, in the wilderness and furnished with chores. At night, he brought the flock home to the fold, counting them as, as they passed under the rod at the door to assure himself that none were missing. Nor did his labors always end with sunset. Often he had to guard the fold through the dark hours from the attack of wild beasts or the wily attempt of, prowl of a prowling thief. Amen. Um, this is a description of what a shepherd used to do um, or a shepherd does, basically. And I think that as I was reading this description, I was just seeing God, 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 God. This is what God does in our lives. And I, I, I took out six points from this description. And I think they also appear in Psalm 23 that I want us to look at. The first one, Irem. Um, the first one I, I picked out is he watches them all day and makes sure that they do not stray. Amen. God watches over us. Amen. God is watching over us even now. Amen. And did you know that Jesus did not only come, um, leave his glory and come. Jesus did not only die. But Jesus rose again and he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding for us. Amen. Jesus is interceding for us. Romans 8 verse 34, it says that Jesus is interceding for us. And 1 John um, chapter 2 verse 1, Jesus is our advocate. And so if we start to wander away, Jesus is looking. And Jesus is praying for us and he's rooting for us and he's saying, I do not want you to stray away. And I think this gives me so much confidence because now personally, I used to have a fear, God, what if I mess up? What if I end up not making it to heaven? You know, I don't trust myself. You know, I, I feel like. I don't have, I feel like God's standards are so high and I cannot make it. But I found so much comfort in knowing that God watches over me all day and that Jesus is interceding for me and he's rooting for me and he wants me to make it. And I think this is what we need to, to know as children of God, that God has our back. Um, let's read um, Psalm chapter 121. I'm going to read the whole chapter it says psalm 121 it says i will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help my help comes from the lord who made heaven and earth he will not allow your foot to be moved he who keeps you will will not slumber behold he who keeps israel shall neither slumber nor sleep the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen. Maybe we have forgotten. 
maybe we knew and maybe we forgot that the Lord says he will preserve us preserve us and maybe we are living our lives in fear and we are so careful but god says he will preserve us amen um yes and that's one of that's the first um point that i i took out from god being our shepherd the, the second one Aram. and if any eluded from his watch and wandered from the rest seeking diligently till he found it Amen. Um, Arbaling Matthew chapter 18, verse 14. Um, I'm going to read um, the whole parable. It's found from verse 10. So from verse 10 to 14, Matthew chapter 18, verse 10 to 14, it says, this is the parable of the lost sheep. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. For the son of man has come to save that which was lost. But do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over the sh that sheep than over the 99 that did not stray. Even so, it is not the will of your father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Amen. God loves us so much that when we get lost or when we stray, he looks for us diligently until he finds us. Amen. Uh, I always pray, if I get lost, look for me until you find me. Don't let me have peace outside of you. Amen. Because I understand, um, we are living in a world where it's so easy to be taken by the wind. right? And so it should be our biggest prayer. We should pray that God, if I get lost, look for me. Do not let him do not let me have peace outside of you. And I also always pray for my friends. So if you are my friend and you stray, I always pray for you to say, don't have peace outside of God. So if you stray, you will not have peace outside of God. Amen. Because I'm praying for you. And so I'm also praying for the whole church right now. If we wonder, God must look for us until he finds us. Amen. Um, the third point, guides them to water a sheep needs need to be constantly guided to water right um when i was looking for the explanation or the significance of david saying still waters i found that still waters represents peace amen and uh, so basically uh, the reason why he had to to, I mean, shepherds need, needed to lead sheep to still waters is because sheep are very afraid, afraid of moving water. If you take them to a river where water is flowing, they will not drink because they are afraid to be taken by, um, by the current. So what they would do is they would lead them to a, a still like body of water, maybe a well or something. Or what they would do is they would put rocks so that where the sheep is going to drink, the water is not moving. Amen. So th that's what God does for us. 
in this world that is full of problems and full of rushing water, God puts rocks around us as a shepherd and he allows us to drink and he says come drink where there is still water amen so if you are you are god's sheep and you follow god know that you are going to have peace amen peace that surpasses all understanding when the word of god says peace that surpasses all understanding in philippians it means peace you have peace even though your your surrounding or your circumstances do not make sense amen um the fourth point, at night he brought them back home, counting them with his rod to make sure no, none was missing. Amen. Making sure that none is missing. God cares for each and every one of us. Seskefilo, um, right now, this was the point I was going to make, to say God is very personal to us. Amen. For God for, for a shepherd to count each and every one, it means he cares about each and every one. Amen. God is not looking down and saying, ah, if I can just have 1,000, you know, God cares about each and every one of us. And I think sometimes we think uh, maybe God cares about those ones who are, who are sitting in front. But no, God cares about each and every one of us. Amen. God counts. God wants all of us to come home with him. And if he counts them and he sees you are not there, God will come and he will look for you until he finds you. Amen. Um, the fifth point, but it doesn't end there at night. He stays up watching over the sheep, guarding against thieves and wild, wild animals, right? While we are asleep or we are at rest or we are not aware of the things that are going on in our lives, God is watching over us. Amen. Um, the word of God in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, we do not uh, fight against flesh and blood. Amen. Meaning that the things that are fighting against us, we do not see them. And if we do not see them, it means it's God who sees them. And if we are not seeing problems, it means it's God who's fighting for us. Amen. If you are able to wake up in the morning and come here and not um, fight against anything, it means God has been watching over you and God has been protecting you against things that you do not even see. Amen. The sixth um, and last point is... This was actually the first one, Markibele Mafelon, because I think it connects to the next scripture. It marching at its head to the spot where they will be pastured. Amen. Marching at its head. So when the word of God says marching at its head, um, it means that a shepherd Ali the flock from the back. Ajama, I, I bet. He leads from the front and, and the sheep follow. So that means that we have a responsibility to follow God. Right? God is not just going to um, have a rod and be beating us and saying, follow me, follow me. Again, God is walking and he's saying, come, follow me. He's saying, follow me. He's not going to force us to do anything. We have work to do in order to make sure that we can follow God. Amen. Let us turn our Bibles to um, the book of John, chapter 10.
John chapter 10, in John chapter 10, it's Jesus and he's describing himself as the true and good shepherd. Amen. And in, in, in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. I know my sheep and I am known by my own. Amen. Do we know our shepherd? Um, as we think about this uh, question, do we know our God? Do, do we know our shepherd? I want us to pause a little bit and go to verses 17 and 18. Um, in the same chapter, chapter 10, it says, Therefore, my father, this is Jesus, he's saying, Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Amen. Um, as I was reading this chapter, I just felt like I would not be doing justice, justice to leave this part out because I think Raelivan. Um, Jesus says that he willingly laid down his life for us. And I don't know about you, but sometimes maybe I grew up in church and I hear this, I heard the story of Jesus so many times. And it started to occur to me as if Jesus was walking one day and then and then he ended up dying. You know, Bamutwara, you know, unwillingly, and he was like fighting. But no, Jesus says, I laid down my life. Jesus says, I willingly gave my life so that you guys may be saved. And so I think it makes the story um, of Jesus so much more beautiful to say it didn't happen by mistake or by chance. Jesus laid down his life for us. And I think that knowledge should prompt us to say if he laid down his life for us, we should also give our lives to him. Amen. It shouldn't be a thing where we feel forced. We should also willingly lay our lives down. Um, lay our lives down for God. Amen. And I think this is why God allows us to choose what we want to do and he gives us a free will because if he was to force us, it wouldn't be as beautiful as it is um, when we willingly choose to follow God. Amen. And I think that's why he used the analogy of the shepherd because he understands that if you are sheep, you are not going to be forced to follow your, your shepherd. You're going to willingly follow him. Amen. Um, and then I also want us to jump to verses 24 to 28. I'm going to read verses, it's in the same chapter, chapter 10, verses 24 to 28. It says, then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them from my hand. Amen. So in this um, portion of the chapter, the Jews come to Jesus and they say, Are you the Christ? Tell us plainly. Amen. And Jesus says, I've told you and you do not believe. 
And my works have shown you that I am Jesus, but you still do not believe. And I think the Jews are us and we are the Jews. Amen. Sometimes or a lot of times we do not walk in, a, in obedience to God because we want God to show us some sort of a sign. Or we do not want to get saved and serious about God because we want, we want to see some sort of a sign. Amen. And God, God has been showing us signs from the day we were born. The, the mere fact that we are here and the mere fact that we have a life and we are alive and we are healthy and God has provided for us and he has pulled you out of that, that sticky situation that you were in. The mere fact that you are here listening to the word of God is a miracle. There are a lot of people out there who don't even know that they need the gospel. Marawana, you are privileged. You are here. You are listening to the word of God. You have a desire to pray. Amen. This is a sign that God loves you and that Jesus, um, Jesus is for you. Amen. I don't know what, what more signs we want from God to say, show me something else so that I may follow you, so that I may be serious about you. Amen. We want him to clearly state and, and show us some sort of a sign, but God has been showing us signs ever since we were born. Amen. The book of Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read it. Sorry, I don't misquote it. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. It says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So that they are without excuse. We are without excuse. Amen. We know that God is alive. And we know that God loves us. But for some reason, we still choose to walk and, and live our lives without God. There's no other sign that is going to appear. You know, sometimes uh, I, I, I'm saying this, this is sort of like me exposing myself, but sometimes I will sit and say, God, if I should pray, let my phone fall or something. You know, things like that. I feel like this is just an example, but I feel like this, it, it summarizes sometimes how we live our lives. You say, God, if, if I should go to church, ish, let someone give me money. You know, but God, you know, God has given us enough signs for us to take that step and say, I want to live for you. Amen. We shouldn't be looking for small little things that are going to persuade us to um, follow God. And one other thing that God says in the same um, passage that I read is that, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. Maybe we can't follow God sometimes because we do not know his voice. When he speaks to us, we don't know that he's speaking because we don't know his voice. Go Berile Camp a few weeks back, and we played this game where we were divided into teams into four teams, and then in each team, we had to choose one person, or blindfold them, and then we're going to lead them to a target where they will pick a ball and come back. So now the trick was that each and every team 
had to lead their teammate. So meaning that if you are the person who's blindfolded, and you are, you are going and you're hearing so many voices telling you to go left, right, left, right. Right. So what, what we did in our group is that we chose one person who has a loud voice and then Ramocha you give the instructions so the person knows which voice to listen to. And if the person knows the voice that they're listening to, they'll be able to get to where they are going and come back. Amen. So I think this is um what we should know. As we should know the voice of God. Right? The world is saying so many things. And the world is telling us so many instructions and telling us who we are and what we should do. And if we don't know the voice of God and if we don't know what God is saying about our lives, we're going to be lost. Because truth is the world is talking. And it's not going to keep quiet. And our solution is going to be to know the voice of God. Not to shut everything down because there's no way we're going to shut anything down. We need to know the voice of God. Amen. And knowing God helps us to know ourselves. Amen. Uh, speaking of knowing ourselves, identity is a very big issue in this world. And identity is a big issue to us, but it's also a big issue for the whole world. So as a result, everyone is just running around trying to figure out who they are. And if there's one question that I do not like is, who are you? Or tell me about yourself. Because that is the most difficult question in the world. Like, the minute they ask you, you forget. You forget who you are. Amen. And so I want us to um, turn our Bibles to the book of Exodus. We are going to read Exodus chapter 3 about a man called Moses. Um, Moses was born a Hebrew, but he was um, raised as an Egyptian. And so if there's any man in the world who, has, who had an identity crisis, I think it would have been Moses. Because some people are telling you you're an Egyptian, and then Israelite. He had so much confusion um, in his life. And so as the story of Moses progresses, Moses finds himself in a situation where he, he encounters an Egyptian abusing a, um, a Hebrew man and he he murders that Egyptian and people find out so he runs away and he goes and lives in a desert somewhere and he ends up finding a wife and starting his life afresh or so he thought because uh, where we are picking up God comes to him God appears to Moses and he comes to him and he says, um, he tells him about his plan to send him back to Egypt. To say, I'm, I'm going to send you back to Egypt so that you will free my people out of slavery. And now, before I continue, can we just talk about how God will come and find you in your place of hiding? Or in your place of being lost? And I think this how God is a shepherd. No, that point that I spoke about, that when we stray, he will come and find us. 
he leaves the 99 and he goes and looks for you and until he finds you. So I just want to, to encourage us to say you are not too far gone from God. If you think that you committed some sin and now you are hiding, he will come and he will find you. And when he comes and he finds you, be found. You know, Amen. I read something somewhere. It was a quote or a meme. I could say somewhere. I think it was on Instagram. And this person was saying, if you think that you have messed up, you, you have done something so wrong that to the point where you have messed up God's plan for you, trust me, you are not that powerful. You are not that powerful. Because if it's God's plan, you are not that powerful to mess, to mess up God's plan. up God's plan. Amen. God is so faithful and he loves us. And the word of God in 1 John chapter 1, um, verse 9, it says that if we confess our sins, um, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Amen. So we are not too far gone. Amen. We cannot mess up the plan of God. And so this is a call from God to say, I'm calling you back and you need to listen and you need to come back to God. Amen. So um, Moses, Moses, when God talks to Moses and he says, um, he tells him about his plan to send him back to Egypt. Moses asks the question that most of us ask ourselves and most of us ask God. And he says, who am I? Um, this is in verse 11. Chapter 3, verse 11. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. It says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Amen. Um, I think that when Moses was asking this question, Who am I? I don't think Nasa among. I think what he was trying to figure out is, What do I have in me that's going to allow me or that's going to um, help me to be able to carry out this mission. He was asking God, uh, am I smart enough? Am I, am I talented enough? Can I speak? Um, do I have what it takes to do this? And I think this is what we ask ourselves most of the time when God comes to us and God gives us an assignment. We say, hey, can I speak? Am I smart enough? Am I talented enough? Can I sing? You know, God calls you and you start to ask yourself and you ask God and you want God to tell you, yes, you are smart. To tell you, yes, you have so much influence, you will be able to do this, right? But that's not God's answer. Let's move on to verse chapter 12. Um, God says, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And I just love God for his answer because God is so God is so good that he doesn't give us the things that we want sometimes because the things that we want are not what we need. Amen. So God doesn't say, Moses, you have so much influence. You're going to be able to do this. God doesn't even tell him he's going to part the Red Sea. He doesn't know, right? And this is Moses who ran away. He's afraid. He's, in the de he's hiding. 
And God says to him, I will certainly be with you. And if we as children of God are going to look for all the things that we can do, and if I'm going to give an example with me, if I was given this message and I thought, yeah, no, I'm smart enough, I will, I will arrange a message and I will be able to share it. My intelligence and my smartness is going to come short. Right? If it's an assignment from God, it's too big for you. You need to hear that I will certainly be with you. You don't need to hear, or, you know, you can do this. You need to hear, I will certainly be with you. And I love God because he shifted Moses' attention from his self-esteem to a God-esteem. Right? He shifted his attention from himself. He said, no, 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 don't look at yourself. Don't look at the fact that you can't talk. Look at the fact that I will certainly be with you. Amen. And the most tragic thing we can do in this life is to base our identity on who we are. We are sheep. We are supposed to follow. You know, we are not supposed to lead in any kind of way. We're not supposed to, to trust in our own selves. We're supposed to trust in God. Amen. And um, if we can trust ourselves, I mean, now I disappoint myself every single day. I disappoint myself all the time and my mindset changes. How I see myself, how I feel about myself, it changes, but God doesn't change. God doesn't change. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. Amen. He will never change. So if you can base your identity on someone who doesn't change, best believe you will not shake. Amen. And I think it's so beautiful how God gave um, Moses this statement, I will certainly be with you because you can, you can sense um, the change of who Moses became as he was leading um, the people of Israel. In chapter 14, Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 and 14, this is Moses. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians, Egyptians whom you see today, you shall, you shall see again no more. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Now, this is not the same Moses who God came to in the first place. The first Moses said, who am I? And now this Moses is saying, do not be afraid. Which Moses is this one? This is the Moses that knows that I will certainly be with you. Amen. So we need to know that God says he will certainly be with us. And if we're going to do anything that is of God, we need to know that God will certainly be with us. Amen. Our, our identity needs to be in God. Amen. We are sheep and we have a shepherd. And we have a shepherd who loves us so much that he's, he has gone to um, such extents to make sure that we are here and to make sure that we are well and to make sure that our souls are saved. Amen. And Tina, as, we, as sheep, we, our biggest responsibility is to follow him. Our biggest responsibility is to make sure that we know his voice and we know how to follow our God. Amen. And what does that look like? 
this looks like spending lots of time reading the word of God. This looks like positioning ourselves to be closer to God. Because if you are sheep and you are following after your, your shepherd, but you are there at the back, how will you hear? We need to position ourselves to hear from God. You need to be in, a, in an environment where you are always hearing the word of God. Amen. And it also looks like spending a lot of time in prayer. Not only talking, but also listening. Because sometimes we're always praying, but we're always talking and we're not hearing what God is saying to us. So spending a lot of time in prayer and listening to what God has to say. And then it also looks like walking in obedience to God. Not ignoring the voice of God because the more we ignore him, the more we won't hear them. Amen. Um, I am concluding. Sorry, I, I did not take that long. I thought I was going to take a long time, but I was kind of rushing. Um, so, scaffolding that I'm giving to you. <laughs> scaffolding that I'm giving to you um, as I'm concluding. Number one is that the Lord is our shepherd and we are, our, and we are his sheep. Number two is that our identity should be based on God. Number three is that sheep know the voice of their shepherd and we need to learn to detect the voice of God. Amen. 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 Amen.